My labor pangs are mild at first. They're intense, sure, but it's mostly warmth and pressure like my abdomen is hugging itself. I've got time, hours maybe, before I have to flee the enclave and get myself to the birthing hideout. Lightning recap. In Badass Moms and the Zombie Apocalypse by Ray Carson, Brit and Marisol, while trying to survive the zombie apocalypse, bring new life into the world despite the unique danger it poses. You've got a little time. We've got a little podcast. It's Short Story Short Podcast. As always, I am Chris. Today here with... As always, Christy Baxter. And Christy... Yes? If I were a Hugo-nominated story, and I'm just a Hugo-nominated fanzine editor, but if I were a Hugo-nominated story that you and I read this week, what Hugo-nominated story, and I'm just a Hugo-nominated fanzine editor, I should remind you, what Hugo-nominated story would I be? Well, Chris, if you, a Hugo-nominated fanzine editor, were in fact a Hugo-nominated short story you would be badass moms in the zombie apocalypse by ray carson and let me start by saying we're going to be looking at the six nominees for the 2021 hugo award for best short story and i'm really excited about this project one because it means i will have read them all which will make my voting so much easier uh and two these stories as the two that i've read so far are great and this is actually a super fun adventure story. It's a zombie story that barely talks about zombies. And it's also one that you can attach a whole lot of where the science fiction and particularly the horror genre is today. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's a very unique zombie story, not only in that it is focused less on the zombies, but in that it focuses more on, well, A, we'll go ahead and say women. And B, uh, the, you, how hard it is to not only even just consider, but to actually in practice bring life into this world, even normally. It made me think about, wow, you know, this is such a brave thing to do even under normal circumstances to, to bring life into this world in the zombie apocalypse is, is, is downright daunting and to the point of heroic. And when we are given the story at the very beginning, we are plopped into a world where we're not entirely sure what's happened other than one, there are fricking zombies. And two, it appears that a group of women have formed an enclave. Note the en of enclave. And there are no men in this story who aren't either zombies or chillins. And that's actually a very important part of the, the story in general because of how it progresses things. And I think one of the things about uh, focusing a story on an enclave of women is that you are looking at, again, just like uh, the Octavia Butler story we looked at, we are looking at how relationships form when you are have remove a major part of the fabric of society. And we have this lovely loving relationship between two women who are having a child we are not exactly told how that child came to be well i think i think we know i think we know there's there's mention of a, a silly traitor that, yeah. that that i believe brit had to spend some some time with uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> to put it uh, uh sort of euphemistically 
And it seems like the, the whole idea of that was simply to get pregnant, although he may not have known that. That's true. And I think one of the beautiful things there, though, is that although the other question is, could it have been some sort of magical or not magical, scientific uh, magic would make it fantasy? Words are gone now. They have just stopped. Yes, there are no more words. They're, they're, there all, they're, all, they're all just white blank space. Yeah, though I think one of the actually interesting things is this is a story that at first I felt was 100% referring to COVID-19 and all the changes that are coming around and having to sort of isolate ourselves. And then I realized it was published in January. <laughs> so again, presaging <laughs> what is on all of our minds. Yeah, it's amazing how all these things they we look at them in such a different light than we did even, you know, like a, a year and some change ago. So yeah, I can I can understand. I didn't quite go there, but I can understand why why you would have gone there. I I, I didn't really necessarily think of, of recent events uh as much as, as one would expect. I, I was just so pulled into this zombie world that I don't think uh, I was I was able to really have that foot back in in reality to think about that because it the, the action really pulls you along. I mean, it's right from almost from the start. This just action, action, action. But there's there, you know it's it's not like it's just action for action's sake. It's it's action that is for the sake of saving lives and preserving lives and and bringing a new one into the world. And so there's so much at stake. Mm -hmm. that that manages to really get you invested in the story pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think that the stakes in this are incredibly high and the writing style actually not only amps it up, but it does something that is really, really difficult to do. It makes the characterization less about their struggle than about their relationship. And I find that fascinating because... Every step that you went through in the story, you were getting more about how the two of them react to the world as a couple. And I thought that was great. I absolutely adored that aspect. I mean, these are incredibly likable, incredibly tough characters. Um, but the world building that has gone on, there's obviously a ton of world building that we were not privy to. And I hope that this is a series of stories in both directions uh, forward and backwards of it because i think one of the in the second pair second or third paragraph it was the only medicine we had left was expired ibuprofen and bathtub gin <laughs> yeah oh, bad combo <laughs> bad or perfect <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with bad Possibly. yeah I I wanted to, to focus on something you said about the that's the really good point that you made about their relationship the, the action being not necessarily focused necessarily on, you know, for action's sake, but on how they react to it, how they support each other, how they spur each other on, how they're willing to sacrifice for each other if necessary, how they're willing to fight. And that is a thing that I think many people, especially women in, in recent years, have been calling out because we're supposedly getting these in, you know, supposed to be getting strong women characters in so many different things. But too many writers think strong woman character just means badass as in an ass kicking kind of way when it, it can also it should also mean emotionally strong and able mm -hmm. to support those around you and help those around you and ask when you need support. So I, I think that that is 
something that is, is this particular story gives us that we are so desperate for because we're giving kind of lip service as far as strong women are concerned because it's only muscles and not emotions. True. And I think one of the other things here is that I am not 100% certain I would say that this is not a uh, damsel in distress story. It's just the damsel happens to be a little baby boy. Yeah. Uh, who is named Eileen. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah, also- after the, I was very interested in the author's choice to make it a boy. I, I almost felt like Carson almost had to because it feels like to, even though the chances are 50 50, it feels like the world is so female oriented that you you did have to have that one male in there, but then she twists it by giving him a woman's name and, or what is traditionally a woman's name. And I really, really like that choice. It, it, it feels, uh, it feels intentional, but not in an obvious way. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the uh, beautiful parts of that is that they call out, you're giving him a woman's name. You would assume that this is a, you know, the classic Monty Python bit with, uh, um, can you mind if we call you Bruce to avoid confusion? Um, <laughs> that the idea that uh, everyone now has a set of names that tend to be what we would can uh, connotate as female names, but now they're just names. And I think that's actually a really neat little aspect. I also think one of the other things that is fascinating about this is that it is about the not only the relationship between uh the couple but about the relationship within the larger group and what's fascinating is when you get books like this and there are so many of them out there right now everything from uh the minecraft uh series that's currently on netflix watch it it's great they all have these sort of same group dynamics here they're a little bit twisted and i think that that little nudge in a different direction the one who dies is literally it's the the fat guy the strong guy the genius is how they used to say it on uh david letterman but it's the strong guy is the one who is supposed to carry you through and is supposed to sacrifice themselves for the good of the group that doesn't necessarily happen here but it also kind of happens here and it's that little fudge factor that really makes it interesting. And I just, I read this, I think, two and a half times. Uh, Would have read it three times, but the kids, kids, man. <sighs> it's, there's, there's, there's such a wonderful connection between what you're saying and, and the story we just read. But, but yeah, I, I liked how, how they turned that trope on its head. I also like the sort of use of zombies here and something that, I mean, I'm not super into zombie literature. I haven't read a ton of it, so I don't know if this is used very often. I can't speak to that. But the, the, the idea that they are attracted to blood and that makes perfect sense. It's like sharks, you know, like and, and that, that's brought up in the, you know, in the story, too. But it makes perfect sense because you, it, blood equals vulnerability. You know, if, mm. if you're bleeding, you're injured. If you're injured, you're easier to take down. And probably one of the most vulnerable times in any human being's life is giving birth. So that makes perfect sense that they'd be attracted to blood and be attracted to birth 
not even just because of the the bloodier aspects of birth, but simply that they're they're attracted to it already as soon as she starts having contractions, you know. So I was really fascinated by that, that idea. And from a, like a biological evolutionary, whatever perspective, if zombies evolved into something, yeah, I can totally see that. And it makes it, it's so interesting because it gives it different levels to this world that you don't even think about until you take a step back. Like the fact that these women are all in an enclave. Well, why are they in an enclave? Probably because the men were all like, you guys keep bleeding <laughs> <laughs> you know, every month, every month you bleed and it's not all even all at the same time and you're detracting the zombies. So they had no choice. They probably either were like, well, you know, stop giving us help or something that we can't help or we're kicked out or whatever, you know, and, and or abandoned, however you want to put it. And so it adds that other level to it, that it, it's just such a multifaceted concept that at first when you say oh zombies are attracted to blood it seems so simple but then it really gets complex and adds that those different layers to the world that i really appreciate oh yeah and this is actually a story about vulnerabilities uh she's incredibly vulnerable because she's pregnant about to give birth the child is incredibly vulnerable because it can't open its eyes um uh, mari is incredibly vulnerable because of her love and of course all of them are vulnerable because there are freaking zombies and that sort of, and what I love is that they are probably at their most vulnerable when they are giving the zombies what they want. When they're giving them the afterbirth, they have opened themselves up completely at that point. And if you think about that, sort of metaphorically when you are giving them a little bit to try and capture a lot you are making yourself more vulnerable to the things you hate the most the things that hurt the most all of these things like there are so many things you can tie to this that i just i think it's one of those real thinky thinky stories that i really like yeah that attempted distraction can so easily turn into bait mm -hmm. and that that is that that's true in a lot of different different areas so yeah that's another another fascinating aspect that you know in order to protect themselves they have to become at their most vulnerable yeah well i think this is a phenomenal story i am so glad it was on the hugo ballot along with me as a hugo nominated fanzine editor um i need <laughs> to mention that a lot <laughs> you just can't stop and i'm going to encourage it <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there someday keep reaching for that <laughs> rainbow <laughs> But yeah, any other thoughts on this one? Uh, I think it was perfect that a, a group of zombies was called a murder. Yep, a murder of zombies. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So that is my other thought. And that is the perfect other thought. And uh, hey, Christy. Yes, yes. You know, next week, I think we're going to read A Guide for Working Breeds by Vina. Jai Min Prasad from Made to Order Robots and Revolution, edited by Jonathan Strawn for Solaris. That's a lot of information. Thank you. I'm really glad <laughs> we have all that information. Um, I will include a uh, link to the File 770 article that lists where all of the fiction is available for free for you to read. And that's for both Christy and for the audience. All four billion of you. <laughs> Wow, we are 
popular. Yeah, they they all rage subscribed, so it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep making them angry. Give the people what they want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, this has been Short Story. Short Podcast.